Hi, this is Andy Crawshaw from the Game Plan Podcast, where we'll be discussing functional fitness, health, well-being, and becoming your best version. If you're looking to perform at your best in the gym, on the competition floor, or in just everyday life, listen in with Carter Douglas, the creator of the Game Plan, and myself. Hey guys, this is Carter Douglas. We'll be discussing topics and strategies that you can put to practice right away to build long-term habits for life. Welcome to the Game Plan Podcast. Here's episode nine. I'm Carter Douglas. And I'm Andy. Now, we hope you guys learned a little bit about us last week in our la- in our episode eight. Episode 10, it's going to be a nice, exciting one, which we'll talk a little bit more at the end of today's episode. But today we've got some newfound things that are happening in the world. That's right. We were tempted to talk about it last week because we weren't certain that this was going to happen. But as of uh, our announcement on Sunday night, and that was last week for us, well, I think we're going to slowly get out of being in isolation now. We're starting to allow gyms to be reopened and functioning. Well, the classes of these gyms. So no Globo gyms just yet. But uh, yeah, functional fitness, spin classes, they're back on. Yep, that's as of the 18th of May, and this is also over in over here in WA, so if anyone is listening from outside of WA, it may be completely different for you, but this is the steps that we're going through right now to be allowed to be reopened. So we're just going to have a little bit of a talk about this one, just so everyone is on the same page. But first of all, Andy, you excited that the gym's open? I'm, I'm ecstatic. I'm actually really excited for this. We're, we've been waiting for such a long time just to get moving again, and I think... It's, it's bringing a little bit more positivity and light back into the community, I feel. People are starting to get uh, really revved up about starting their fitness back up, So, and I'm one of them. I'm excited to get back into gear. Yeah, it's definitely, it's the change of scenery of going into the gym is nice. And me personally, it's pretty much my only social time that I actually spend in my life. So I'm really looking forward to being social again, seeing, seeing my friends. Yeah, I mean... I'm not going to lie. I'm going to miss the isolation a little bit. I mean, it's been fun just kind of, you know, regathering thoughts and doing things in a lot more of a, in, a, in an isolated state. But what about yourself? How do you feel about that side of things? Yeah, I think you definitely know that. I love <laughs> the routine of isolation. I've just set myself up with some, well, in what I feel is just a great, uh, routine for myself. I've got some great habits in place and I do like change. So going back to before, it was good, but I feel like I just set myself up very, very well in this time. Oh, for sure. You do miss the people as well. I mean, you miss human connection, being in a group and having that tribe-like kind of uh, communal feel in your your life. Do you ever feel that? I get to hang out with you pretty much daily, so that's, I mean, that's all I need. Oh, that's cute. But yeah, you know, we, need, we need more. We need more TPG people. TGPP. <laughs> I'm with TPG, so I had to get, be on a call with them today, and uh, that's why it's on my mind. It's an internet provider, hey? That's right, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, that's a great choice of name right there. <laughs> so, what is one thing that you plan, that you've changed or that you've learned throughout this isolation that you plan on bringing and applying to the rest of your life going forward? Oh, boy. Maybe well, not the rest of your life, but at least something that you created throughout this time that you're going to go forward. What's one thing? Oh, one thing, definitely I'm going to be a lot more centered around taking care of myself uh, mentally, emotionally, just uh, and just generally, you know, wellness. Because I step back and I have a look at uh, what I how I used to function when things were, you know, full throttle. And uh, I wouldn't take a second to breathe. I wouldn't 
take a second to uh, really gather my thoughts and really gather my details and assess my, my week and my, my days. Now with the isolation, you get a little more time back and you get a little more of a chance to step back and look back at the past and look at the future and start really assessing where you want to go. That's something that I've done a lot more now and uh, I want to spend more time and be more conscious in those um, for that kind of activity during the week. So just doing some more mindfulness stuff, being a little more minimalistic like we talked about in the last episodes and taking it aboard and uh, just uh, going ahead with all that. Yeah, fair call. That's cool. How about yourself though? Have you uh, developed anything specific that you're going to definitely action uh, in the next coming weeks? Something that I sort of realized going into this was I was not organized whatsoever. I felt like I was organized because I had certain times I did things yeah. like meetings, classes, PTs, all of that jazz. But man, was I not. I was not organized whatsoever. It was pretty much, I had a few set things in my day, but the whole rest of my life was just constantly putting out fires. Everything I was doing was just putting out a fire after a fire after a fire. And I, yeah. at the end of the week, I always felt like, I never actually completed anything, even though I'd done a ton of work. So something that I'm applying going forward is I'm going to be a lot more routine, especially when it comes around to my rest or my time for myself. So mm. I'm actually going to like allocate some of that time for me as well, which we'll talk a little bit more later on in the podcast. But you introduced me to the app called ClickUp, which yeah. is like a web app. I'm personally, I don't know, there's well, it is full on. You can do a lot with it. Andy is much better one to explain that, but I personally use it pretty much as like a to-do list. It is a to-do list. It is a scheduler. So I can look on there. I can literally plan and prioritize exactly what I need to do and order everything around how, when I need to do it by or what I need to do and what I want to do. And man, I've been using that for the past week and man, it is so much more, it's made everything so much more organized. That's so good. I'm glad you brought that up because I really geek out, uh, geek out about these kind of productivity and task management systems because well, I don't know what it is about them, but uh, if you're able to create a great system around your life and the things you do, then that's like, it's like artwork. It makes things flow and it just feels like you can just do things frictionless. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, if anyone else has anything that they have uh, changed in their life since the whole pandemic, since the whole lockdown isolation, and something that you plan on keeping going forward, feel free to let us know. You know, chuck it on your Instagram story, you know, tag us in, something like that. We would love to actually hear about it because, as you can tell, we love systems. We love seeing people change and seeing people progress. So chuck that up there just so we can see what you've done and what you plan on actually keeping going forward. But anyway, let's actually talk about the lock lockdown now. So restrictions have been lifted for us here in WA. We're allowed to open the gyms as of Monday the 18th and going forward as long as nothing dramatic happens, obviously. The only gyms that are now allowed to be open are gyms that run classes. So you're probably a little bit sad. That means no Globo gyms right now. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I kind of assume that, uh, I think you did as well, that if they're going to um, allow gyms to open, they'll either do it um, for all of them or none of them. Mm, but yeah. this is actually a quite a split down the middle. Only gyms that have classes, I guess for good reason, are allowed to open. So all the Globo gyms, anything with machinery, which is shared, anything 24 hours that can't be uh, managed in those later hours, uh, that's not going to be uh, uh, operational until probably phase three. Yeah, um, which as of their expectations, if this one, if phase two goes well, they say between three to four weeks after that. 
Yeah, which is, you know, in, in, in retrospect, it's actually quite soon. Yeah. It's, it's plenty of time for people that own these gyms to, you know, prepare and and uh, especially uh, just get their cleaning and staff up to scratch with um, the operations internally. So I am sad, but at the same time, it's just a stepping stone. It's probably best that not everything opens up. And it'll be interesting because I guess a lot of those uh, Globo gym goers may transition into a bit of uh, classwork for now. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the shift there. Um, I think they've done a good job of uh, segregating what they're actually allowing to open because like both our thoughts that we thought it was going to be all or none, which we thought that it was going to take longer for gyms to open because it is very hard to control how many people are in a space like a global gym unless you constantly have people manning it. You mm, know, mm. Um, It's really hard to put in a spacing rules in middle of a uh, globo gym at midnight. So I think they've done well with the classings, the, the classing and everything like that. So gyms are only allowed to be open with classes right now. And it's up to 20 people within like one gathering. So that obviously includes the coach, everything like that. So one coach brings that now down to 19, but keeping with that, some really, really small gyms may not be able to hold 20 because you still have to have your four meters squared markings on the floor where you're supposed to be staying in as, as a uh, member. So when you're working out, you're now supposed to still have your, your own little space on the floor, your four meters squared, which means that if you are a smaller gym, you do, you, well, everyone will need to mark their floors. Everyone will need to make sure that there's perfect and adequate spacing for everyone. But if you are a smaller gym, you may not be able to have the full 20 in there because you may not actually have enough space within your gym. That's a good point. And I'm now thinking about it, that would make some, uh, a good practice for some good habits in the future when you're doing your ollie lifting classes and you're supposed to have your own independent square anyway. So things are going to look a lot more OCD now, but that's good uh, when those uh, markings are removed. So uh, and on, on, uh, as well as those markings, what else are coaches going to have to do or these class gyms are going to have to do to prepare for Monday? Yeah, so there's still the normal social social distancing, as in they recommend that you don't get too close to people. You still don't handshake, still no physical contact, everything like that. Try not to share sweat, etc. <laughs> um, definitely not. So no sweaty hugs post-workout. The main thing will be making sure that equipment is cleaned before and after every session, which is a big reason why they're only opening for classes. Or sorry, they're only allowing gyms open for classes so that before and after every session, you know exactly what equipment's been used and where what people have touched so it can all be cleaned. So making sure that the members have their own individual pieces of equipment. They do say minimal sharing allowed, which is awesome because, you know, it is going to be much better if you can actually, well, much less stress on some gym owners if they don't quite have adequate equipment. It is minimal equipment sharing, but that still means that you do need to clean everything afterwards. So that is going to be one thing to look at. Minimal equipment, make sure everyone's got their own or at least as close as possible to their own, and then just the cleaning. Yeah, okay. And uh, even just turning up to every class and just you know where you put your bags and all that kind of stuff, I guess that has to be managed in a much more structured way. I guess you can't just chuckle yourself in a corner like you used to, it's now even bags and equipment would have to have its uh, its spacing as well, right? Or would that not even be considered? So they haven't actually stated anything like that, but that is actually a very good point. I mean, most gyms generally should have pretty much an allocation, like a spot or a spacing for, you know, bags, belongings, everything like that, clothing and whatnot. 
some gyms obviously don't, but having like a special spot where all of your belongings go when you're not actually working out, the big thing there is making sure it's not just literally a pile in the corner yeah. with everyone else's shit in there too. I don't want like someone's sweaty knee sleeves uh, dumped onto my gym bag, some, especially nowadays where everything is very touchy in terms of germs and sweat and sharing that kind of stuff. So maybe that's a, another uh, consideration to make if you're setting up for Monday. I know another big thing is the crèche. For a lot of gyms, that's uh, an, um, a service or option that they let uh, available for their uh, members. So what have been the complications behind that? Yeah. So with crèche, crèches are obviously very similar to daycares in that way. Daycares still have a limit to the amount of children that they're allowed in a, in a facility or amount of people that they're allowing, allowing in a facility. It's also got a spacing requirement. So crèche has the exact same if your crèche is directly connected to the room that your, uh, let's say CrossFit, for example, or your um, class is being run in, then yes, those kids do count towards your spacing. So if your crèche looks like a fenced off area in the corner and you're also doing your class in that same room, then yes, those kids count towards it. If you can manage to have your crèche in a separate building or separate end of a monstrous building, then by my knowledge, you what you those two things can be separate. So I know some, let's say some big globo gyms, which aren't necessarily open for the uh, free weight section, but maybe are open for classes. The crèche might be at literally one end of the globo gym in a separate building, sorry, a separate room altogether to what the class is. In my eyes, I'm pretty sure that is actually still allowed. That's all right, I guess. But I guess the, the rule of thumb is if they're basically in the same room, that it contributes to the 20 limit, right? Yep, pretty much. Just like when you're waiting around for your classes. I know some gyms, if they don't have adequate space, are going to actually have to separate their classes with like, let's say a 10, 15 minute uh, window in between. Because if you rock up early for your class, you're not necessarily going to be able to be part of that previous class, just watching or trying to have a, have a chat with your mates or anything like that. You're going to actually have to wait separately, especially if it is at the limits of the 20 people per room. A good point. And just on that, what should someone expect going into these classes for the first week? Because it's going to be a little bit weird turning up. And then if you're almost waiting outside or you're waiting in your, your groups just before coming in uh, into the class, because there probably is going to be another class running before you enter. So things are going to be managed a lot more tightly. So as a member, I guess it also depends on the gym, but what do you think is something to be expected from the, uh, the member's perspective? Yeah. I believe that a lot of members may be a little bit surprised, but hopefully they're very understanding in the way that gyms now are going to have to be super anal and super organized with everything they do. Hopefully with just pre-virus, so pre-lockdown, they were pretty damn organized and pretty damn anal about everything, like especially cleaning and whatnot. But even more so now, because the big thing is now, Obviously, we've been allowed to open, which is pretty much a bit of a blessing there. We don't want to abuse that by just doing whatever we were doing before. And then, you know, everyone all of a sudden has to close down because of that. You don't want to be that kid that uh, <laughs> made everyone else have to close their businesses too. So with this, I believe a member is going to have to, it's probably going to be a bit eye-opening as in a lot of classes, they're going to be run a lot more strictly and to schedule. I know... In the past, I've been to, I've been a part of any, and even coach sessions where, you know, 
well, a big thing with uh, group classes is the community is always amazing. You get to work out with a bunch of people, bunch of your friends, bunch of like-minded people. You know, you get to have fun with others. So sometimes post-session, you want to just sit around and have a chat with everyone. You don't necessarily want to just have to rush off and go home. And I think a big thing here is, you know, directly post-session, you're going to actually have to pack up your equipment, clean your equipment a little bit faster, maybe at least change areas where you are chatting or be a little bit more rushed temporarily or even before a session, be waiting outside rather than your normal where you'd be walking in, having a conversation with all your friends. So just everything will be a little bit more routine and organized, which is just throwing a spanner in the works. But big thing here, like I was saying, group classes and gyms that do hold group classes, like little boutique gyms, the community is always amazing. So if you are a member attending these, still be a part of the community, still have conversations, still try and actually hang out afterwards, see your friends, but just obviously apply by the social distancing rules. That's fair. And I feel like, yeah, it's going, is going to be a little bit weird at the beginning, but uh, it's only a short term thing. I mean, everything's going to get back to, um, back to how it was before where you can hug and high five and everything. I mean, especially you're right. It's going to, for a, for these um, gyms where the community is such a big deal, it's going to play a big role in how um, it's going to be for these gyms to kind of maintain their members going forward. If you feel like because it's just a long distance of time away from the gym, and as soon as this re-entry is uh, starting up, the fact that you can't go and be very communal, will that impact the actual culture and, and uh, sustainability of members moving forward? I feel like it has potential to meaning a lot of this will obviously come down to the gym owners, the gym coaches, even just the community, like the people involved in it currently. All of those factors can be completely changed dependent on, you know, all of those um, people that I was just talking about, like the individuals, the actual coaches, the gym owners, because this, this time you can still build an amazing community and you can still have friends, you can still communicate, you can still be around other people, but it will, there is just a tiny spanner thrown in the works. So really with this, it's just something that, you know, coaches and owners are going to have to be mindful of and be extra attentive of to make sure that they're really trying to build or really trying to be a part of it, really. Cool. I mean, I'm just excited, really, just to get back into it. So, you know, following these rules, they're just a small little thing. I just want to get, you know, back uh, in a group uh, class again. That's all I care about. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people care the same thing. Equipment-wise, uh, I know a lot of gyms have either leased or sold their equipment because, you know, the government has said something about it being more of a six-month um, isolation period and it's become a two-month period. So, you know, restocking up on equipment, that's definitely uh, thrown a huge spanner in the works for gym owners. So I feel like uh, that's something to just be mindful, uh, mindful of as a member coming back in to know that you know, maybe they won't be as stocked as uh, they used to be. And that's because just, you know, I'm sure they're trying their best to get their equipment back in. So, yeah. But let's talk more a little bit about uh, the members and going back in. Because I know I talked about a couple of weeks ago uh, what to really do in the first four weeks. Yeah. So, th something just came into my mind as well. One thing we didn't talk about is pretty much equipment is able to be used as per normal minus machines. So, right. if you're a boutique gym, you know, if you're not part of a Globo gym... You can use free weights, you can use dumbbells, you can use kettlebells, sandbags, barbells, all of the above. You can even use pull-up bars. Main thing that you're not going to be able to be used is treadmills, rowers, bikes, skis, pretty much anything that just spends majority of its time sitting in one spot. 
And this is the government's way of controlling and making sure that Globo gyms don't or aren't able to run because, you know, in their eyes, a lot of these pieces of equipment, you don't know when someone's touched them. You don't know how much they've been used. You don't know where that person's been, et cetera. Um, and it is a little bit harder to get cleaned versus just a barbell sitting on the floor. Good point. Yeah. So I guess a lot of programming nowadays, uh, so spin classes are actually out. <laughs> yeah. I'm proud. I think they are. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. Yep. Um, and a lot of running will be programmed in the wads. Yeah. Probably. Yep. People are going to get good <laughs> at running. Not an issue there. Um, like you were saying, the first four weeks of going back, we talked about this in a previous episode, but I really hope that gyms going forward, whether that is boutique gyms, Les Mill style classes, whether that is just normal group, uh, boot camp style, whether that is CrossFit, whether that is F45, whether that is any form of group session, I really hope that they have a good ramp up phase. Not a, not a massive intensification phase to start up, but like a ramp up phase for that first four weeks. Cause a lot of people here have literally come from pretty much the past two months of sitting on their asses, watching Netflix, completing Netflix, or, you know, twiddling their thumbs, going to work, coming home and doing nothing and then jumping in and, uh, you know, maxing out in your first week or, you know, doing super high intensity workouts is definitely not going to be sustainable in the long run. Oh, 100%. So important that in these first few weeks that you just take care of your body and because your body's adapted to basically just being in isolation, you're not stimulating it as you would have, uh, you know, before everything has happened. So yeah, jumping right back into how you want to train is not a good idea. It's going to have to be a slow increase of activity and your nervous system is going to thank you for it. Yeah, definitely. I think Initially, things are going to feel hard. Remember, like I've said in that previous episode, you have not gotten as bad as you believe you have. A lot of people are going to believe that they are all of a sudden ridiculously unfit or ridiculously shit. But really right now, you're not. You have not lost your gains as much as you thought you had. But in saying that, first few weeks, it will be hard. It will feel odd. And a lot of these movements will feel new again. Remember, you're just relearning them, which will take pretty much no time in comparison to how long it took you to learn them the first time. Is your body just getting used to it again? Is your body just feeling it again? Yeah. I mean, the only thing I guess we could really say is you're going to feel uh, pretty lousy that you're not uh, working and, and, and doing those skills like you were before. Mm. But, uh, you know, I guess the focus is now on how well you feel after the workout. Yeah. You should be finishing a workout feeling good, especially for the first four weeks. You shouldn't really be finishing a workout feeling absolutely shattered. If you have, if you do feel absolutely shattered post-workout, <laughs> yeah, you messed up. That is either like a bad, uh, sorry, a bad adjustment to the programming that you're doing with, which means that you should have either dropped load back, dropped the intensity back slightly. Maybe you've just actually gone and been an idiot and gone way too hard for what you should have. But that should really be expressed to you by your coaches that you need to take these first four weeks, make sure every session you feel like you could repeat the same session the following day and get the exact same score. That's a good way to look at it. I agree. And uh, you recently wrote a post on the Facebook group, which reflects these points pretty strongly, as well as some other tips that uh, everyone can really start implementing in these four weeks, right? Yep. Yep. So in these four weeks, these first four weeks, even now, even now when, as we're filming this, is just before the actual re, uh, reinstatement of the gyms, there really you should be trying to 
organize the rest of your life to actually set up habits and routines for your life because health and fitness is a lifelong journey. It's not something that, you know, you do for a week and you're done just because you tick that one off. You can't complete health and fitness. There is no, uh, what's the word, like 100% completion there. And I mean... It's the infinite game, really. Yeah, exactly. Definitely not a finite game. Definitely an infinite game. I mean, look at Andy here. I mean, sorry, when did you start training again? Uh, like 12. Yeah, he was young. You know, think about kids. Kids are always training from a very young age. You know, they're doing sport, everything like that. So this is something that you should be doing literally for the rest of your life. That doesn't mean that you need to be doing seven days a week training, five hours a day training for the rest of your life. It should be something and should be blood flow in some form or another. But recently wrote up a post about eight basic lifestyle guidelines that really no one masters. I mean, I don't, I pretty much commit majority of my life to health and fitness and I do not get close to mastering these ones. But if you can look at these rules or these guidelines and you can take them into account and do it as best as possible to try and not necessarily master them, but at least adhere by them, trust me, your life will get better and you will set up habits and routines to, you know, make the rest of your life better. I agree. And I feel like right now, because it almost feels like a new year, so new year, new me kind of mentality, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's a great opportunity to not just ramp up your fitness uh, from where it's basically uh, not non-existent, but at a much more of a down-regulated point. And as you're doing this, implementing these skills and, and these mindsets, uh, I guess you can call these the eight commandments of good health. Eight commandments. Oh, now you're throwing words out there. Yeah, uh, well, doing this in a in a nice progressive way, especially in these first four weeks, it's going to help you a lot in maintaining habits for the rest of your fitness career. Yes, definitely, definitely. Now, I'd recommend grabbing out a pen and paper while we talk about these and while we explain them a little bit. Or feel free just to, we'll have this up in the show notes. We can have something that you can download for this one. Something nice and simple. Have a look at these. And we'll talk about them now so it can actually make a little bit more sense. Number one, there are 24 hours in a day. Everyone gets 24 hours in a day. Apply your work and your rest appropriately. What that actually means, don't go be an idiot and try to work for 20 out of those 24-hour days. So rest could mean sleeping, can just mean recovery, can mean you just doing something for you that is relaxing. Pretty much something that's not raising cortisol, that's not adding stress to your body, that is now considered rest here. So if you take this from a training point of view, it means you have 24 hours in a day, you don't need to be training all day. If you have a stressful job, you shouldn't be training as much as if you don't have a stressful job. You actually should be training less because that is more stress. Make sure that in a day, you get an adequate amount of stress and relaxation or time for you. Okay, prioritize mm -hmm. that. Really, that's number one. If you can just start implementing just that tiny little bit of you time or time, tiny little bit of rest or recovery, even if that may mean sleep for you, you will find that you'll be a better human in general and just better at everything you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I've experienced this a lot myself. You can't go and thrash yourself without your body naturally having a counteractive effect on you. Like you're going to have that, that flow between if you're going to destroy your, um, your nervous system, your body's going to react in a, in a way you didn't expect. Maybe you just get actually demotivated for the work ahead. So things like that, it's important to balance, have, have, a, have a strategized balancing act between that. And that means balancing your sleep, balancing your workload, balancing your stress, and it's your entire life, not just your workout. It's your, uh, it's your work day. 
it's the amount of stress you have during your um, business hours and everything. So yeah, definitely agree with number one. Yeah. So number two here, the earth spins and the sun and moon correlate <laughs> with our energy patterns. We need sun exposure. We sleep with the moon. Okay. So what this means is, and I'm sorry for you shift workers out there, because this one is definitely throwing a spanner in the works, but our body literally has this internal clock called the circadian rhythm. And I'm going to talk more about that one in uh, the next step as well. But with this one, the sun, okay, is our waking time. The sun is generally when we do things. Okay, the sun is amazing for our bodies. We literally get vitamin D directly from the sun. Mm -hmm. The sun stimulates, you know, hormone responses within our body. Yeah. The sun actually stimulates pretty much everything that we do. Even so, when you wake up, I think uh, your cortisol is raised as soon as the sun hits you. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So it literally actually stimulates everything that we do. In a perfect world, we ideally want to wake up to sun, Okay. That's why I have a light alarm clock, something that just gradually adds light in the room rather than like an, a normal noise alarm clock, something that wakes me up. That's not one of the guidelines. But anyway, the sun, sun and moon part is. So if you have, let's say, what we would consider a more normal day where you wake when the sun gets up and you sleep when the moon goes down and you generally perform your work throughout the middle of that time when the sun's up, you will find that your energy will be much better, okay? Literally, the sun directly controls our energy and our rhythm in the day. Mm. So make sure when you do go through your day, go get some sun. If you work all inside all day, go outside, get some sun. Vitamin D is amazing. We've talked about it on a previous podcast about supplementing it. It is amazing. Go get some sun. No, you don't need to do the... the um, <laughs> you know, tanning your asshole version. <laughs> um, you don't need to, you know, go try and do that. Literally, just go get some sun. Yeah, and on the inverse of that, when the moon's out or it's nighttime, practice down-regulating. Yeah, yeah. The next one, number three here, going to bed and waking up at the same time every day to maintain great circadian rhythm. So what I mean by that is in a perfect world, we ideally want to be going to bed at some point when the sun's gone down, when the moon's out. And ideally, we want to be waking up, you know, really once the sun's up. In a perfect world, we don't want to be trying to wake up when the sun's still down or trying to, you know, be sleeping too much in the middle of the day because that will throw out your circadian rhythm here, that body's internal clock. Now, going to bed and waking up at the exact same time every single day is a great way to regulate pretty much all of your body's systems. Again, okay? your body gets into a routine of regulating and releasing hormones, gets into a great routine of when it feels hungry, gets great into a great routine of pretty much when it wants to do anything and everything in life. So if you can actually make that as simple as possible for your body by going to bed at the same time, waking up at the same time, or at least very, very similar, you'll find your energy and everything else in life will feel much, much better. So yeah. Give that one a try. And your body will actually get used to that rhythm and be much more effective uh, and efficient when recovering during the sleeping hours. So you're actually giving yourself an extra boost there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Andy, you can explain the next one. Which is moving blood and proper digestion, which are essential for daily routines. Now, basically, your digestive system right there, it is basically governing how your emotional state is during the day and as well as just how your body functions, how you take care of that. It's a big, it's a big deal. So when it comes to just digestion, a big part is just being a little bit more mindful when you're eating. We'll talk a little bit more about that um, later on, but 
eating the right foods, not aggravating your, your system, not eating very inflammatory foods. You're trying to keep the, your, your digestion well. Basically, it's going to help you a lot with just how your day works and just your motivation moving forward, as well as moving around. You're moving lymph around. You want to stay active and doing so, you're going to also increase your, um, your cortisol levels during the morning. So that's why sometimes we recommend working out or doing some move, something movement-based in the morning because you're aligning that with your cortisol levels. You're aligning that with just being generally active in the first waking hours and it's going to help you boost your energy levels for the rest of the day. So those are a few tips there. Anything else to add? Well, I think we all know that how shit we feel if we actually do have a day where we completely sit on the couch all day or where we eat absolute rubbish. Like we all generally feel pretty rubbish when we do that. So if you can actually eat well, supports a good digestion and just move, just get some blood flowing throughout the day. doesn't need to be stressful all the time, but actually just get up and go for a walk, go get some movement, have a bit of a stretch. You're going to feel much, much better for it. So that was number four. Number five here. So the next one, number five, is basically work consumption. So you want to be drinking at least, and this is a general number for everyone, which is about three three liters, generally, just to keep a, a good, healthy um, habit there. It's also really good for flushing your system of all the toxins. And if you're moving a lot more now, you're going to want to get back into a better habit of hydrating yourself. Three liters is a good um, starting point. But, you know, go by feel as well. If you feel like you're going to the toilet too much, that's maybe not a bad thing. It's just a different habit. But at the same time, if you do feel like you are uh, basically, if, if your urine's like, clear, there's probably a, a good sign that you're um, probably drinking a little bit too much. You want a bit of coloration in your urine. So that's a good key to, to go off. Anything else to add to that? Pretty much once your pee is full on, full blown yellow, that generally shows you're already into a dehydrated stage. So you need to have that happy medium of not being completely fluorescent white, but at the same time, not being completely yellow. If you've just ate a lot of beetroot, be mindful. It'll be looked for all sorts of funky colors. That's right. Yeah. If you're, um, if you're pissing Coca-Cola, you probably have rhabdo. Go to a, a doctor. A yeah. <laughs> One of the two. <laughs> but with water, our bodies are literally majority water. That Water literally is part of every single function in our body. We need it. Okay? So being dehydrated is very, very, very bad. So make sure that you are drinking plenty of water because your body and your system in, as a whole will feel so much better for it. Yeah, if you're getting those migraines or you're just feeling tired during the day, those could be signs that you're just dehydrated. So keeping a water bottle around you, something which is uh, quite, um, like something like a two liter water bottle or a one liter water bottle, something that you can keep uh, uh, alongside you for most of the day, that's a good way of keeping hydrated. So instead of just going and grabbing a cup of water you know, every hour or so. So yeah, uh, next one. Before we go on, oh, going back to the water there, big thing with water is your body shows dehydration, okay, and makes you want water by showing that you're hungry, okay? So it expresses mm. that you are hungry. It makes you feel that you're hungry when really you just need some bloody water, okay? So next time you feel really, really hungry, and even if you just ate, go have a drink. Go grab some water. See how much better you feel. That's right. And uh, also wait about five or 10 minutes after drinking that water. It takes about that much time to absorb the water. And then once you have, you probably then feel a little more satiated. Yeah. Next one, number six here. We're going back a little bit to some recovery, which we talked about before with the sleep patterns. But recovery, 
Blood flow facilitates recovery and healing faster. Get moving every day. Okay. Mm. So with this one, if you do have an injury or if you are training really, really hard and you have DOMS or maybe you're training really, really hard and you want to actually get stronger, sitting on your ass on the couch all day will help you recover, but not as fast as getting some light. And I'm, and I really mean it, some light blood flow here. This doesn't mean, okay, sweet, it's recovery day and I feel ruined from yesterday's workout. I'm going to go do a 10K run or I'm going to go do, you know, uh, Fran many times or something like that just to get blood flow. What this means is actually just get moving. You know, that could be stretching, rolling out, going for a walk. Anything along those lines is going to actually help recovery. I generally do recommend walking because it is the only form of exercise that doesn't actually raise cortisol levels. Mm. So that is the only form of exercise that could be considered active recovery. Everything else raises cortisol levels. So really that's just an extra stress on the body. Yeah. So even if you're trying to rush and get your, your activity in, uh, don't, it's probably better that you just keep a track of it. Like, uh, with steps, for instance, is a good metric most people follow. So you know, some people just try to aim for a, a good 8,000 or 10,000 on recovery days. That's not raising your um, heart rate, but just going on a casual stroll just so you can, you know, as you said, get the blood moving. Yep. So number seven here, just so you know, before we uh, go into too much detail with all these ones, these eight are in no specific order. It doesn't mean like number one is more of a priority than number eight. This is literally just in you know, eight basic guidelines, which you should be trying to follow. Number seven here, I'm going to get a bit real with you guys. This one, you will one day die, get over it, and get living. Now, what I mean by that, yes, you will one day die. No, that is not something that you can control. You know, it'd be sweet if we could live forever. Maybe some of you guys want to. Maybe some of you guys don't. But don't worry about the things you can't control. So there is no need for you to worry about that end day. Instead, focus on what you can do now to get you better for the future. Focus on you, focus on what is within your control. So if something is completely out of your control and it's annoyed you, wipe that off. You can't control it. You can't do anything about it. Go focus on what you can do to make you a better human being. Okay. That can be anything. That could be at work. That could be a training. You know, let's say you've had a bad day and you haven't hit that PB. Okay. You can't control that. So, or maybe you could have by sleeping better the night before. Focus on what you can control Fix it, go ahead and do better next time. That's right. All about perspective there. Yeah. I mean, even just thinking the fact that, you know, the universe has been around for 13.8 billion years and you're going to be around. You can remember that. <laughs> and it's going to, I hope that's right. Don't fact check me. And you're going to be around for, you know, 80 to 100, if you're lucky, years. And it like what, doesn't matter. Like nothing really matters. Yeah, exactly. So focus on what you can and literally have... Just have fun. Have fun with what you're doing all the time. We are right now. That's right. Exactly. So, yeah, that's, that's a good tip. I think it's a, a good one. Very stoic tip. Yeah. We're having fun right now while we're doing a podcast literally in a uh, wardrobe. Just to, for sounding. It's for sounding, guys, we swear. Yeah, that's the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Number eight. Andy, take this one away. Number eight, which is digestion. So, food is a 36 to 44 hour investment. You sit down, chew your food, enjoy your food. Set the phone down aside and have a conversation. Now, the purpose behind this is that it's so common for us to have a meal and we wolf it down in front of the TV or we just do it without even thinking about what we've eaten. Now, there's a lot of uh, physiological benefits to slowing down. As I said before, you're actually aiding in digestion. You're allowing your body to slowly accept the food, 
you're also allowing the saliva to um, be a signal for your stomach to stop eating. So your saliva is actually a, a mechanism that helps you uh, associate hunger uh, with eating. I mean, being full with eating. So if you're just wolfing down food, you're not giving yourself the opportunity to actually feel satiated, like your body feeling that way. So if you do it slowly and you do it mindfully, you're also getting the added benefit of um, just being able to be in this in the moment and enjoy the food itself. And because it's a long process, it's it's a thirty, it's it's a, it's a long daily process. Your your meal you're eating right now is actually not going to affect you until the next day, most likely. So uh, it's best that you uh, take it in, you chew it at least twenty times. So that, you know, when you do swallow it, your body can uh, process it a lot more faster versus it trying to struggle and, you know, digest, you know, half-chewed food. So you're giving yourself a less opportunity to feel stressed. Your body is now less stressed from eating um, a half-chewed half food. You're going to benefit a lot from that. Anything to add from that? Another thing there and a big thing here is if you're one of those people who struggle with weight loss, try exactly what Andy just said chew your food. Literally every mouthful you have, try to chew it 20 times. I can guarantee you, you will feel full faster. You will actually be a lot more mindful around what you're eating and how long you're eating for. So because you feel full faster, you probably won't be able to eat as much, which means you're naturally going to restrict your own calories, which means in turn, you will probably lose weight. That's right. It, being yeah. mindful around your eating is the first step to actually dropping body weight. So make sure that you are on to that one. And it is, it is amazing for your gut health, which in turn makes your brain healthier, makes the rest of your body healthier. So look yeah. after yourselves. And I guess a good rule of thumb here, I mean, I guess a good tip right now, if you're just starting out trying to be a little more mindful while eating, do a few simple things like just have a conversation or hunt someone down and just talk to them while you eat because you're going to naturally have a little more distance between your bites and uh, having a conversation. Another tip is just to put your phone away and just turn it off and literally being in that moment eating, putting your fork down between bites and almost putting a time, you can even put it on a timer during this. So actually time your meals. So you know you're not rushing it too much. But these are all little things that make us a little more conscious during the process of eating. So eventually, once we're in that habit, we remove these uh, things that are keeping us in this habit right now. And it becomes natural. You're eating slowly and you're just getting a lot more beneficial uh, benefits from that. So yeah. And I can guarantee you that Andy and I are both absolutely horrible at number eight. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we are really, really bad at them. Anyway, they're the eight basic lifestyle guidelines. And I know we elaborated on those ones a little bit, but please, especially across the next few days and even the first four weeks getting back into the gym, look at these, start applying them where you can to actually make your life better. Because remember, you're trying to set yourselves up for success to be the best possible versions of you for the rest of your life, not just for the next four weeks, not just for the next year, but hopefully you're going to be in health and fitness for literally the rest of your life. It's not a hobby. It's a commitment. It's a life. It's not, I don't want to say the cliche, it's a lifestyle, but it's literally life. You're yeah. working on your life. Exactly. Exactly. Now, speaking of routines and habits, we both got ourselves into, um, well, we both got ourselves some big goals here, which we have just completed week three of. That's eh? right. So it's the uh, second last week of testing week. Exciting for you. For I've me, still got sorry. The, I've still got the full eight, but Andy's testing at four weeks here. So yeah, I'm a little jealous. I wish I had the, a little more time to work on this one. Uh, so this week, uh, progress-wise, and just a little recap on the goal itself. I'm just trying to do a 16-minute 4K. So 
uh, with this one, my testing week um, is going to be just probably at the end of next week. This time round, it was I attempted a 3.5K uh, at that four minute pace that I need to be at. I got a pace of four minutes, five seconds. So I'm actually not on track technically, but that's still a pretty damn good improvement to what used to be. So fingers Again. crossed. Sorry, go on. You're going to have to dig deep next week. Oh, it's that hurt. That 3.5 really hurt, and I really had to fight myself in that last uh, last K. So uh, it came down to not having enough sleep probably the previous night. I probably had a bit too much food before going on that run. You didn't put your phone down between meals? I didn't. I didn't. But uh, with this run coming up, the one that I'll be using as the testing metric week, uh, I'll probably optimize most of the activities I do during the week, keeping it a little bit more chilled before my, uh, my four, uh, 4k test. So that's the goal. Wish me luck. <laughs> I wish I had a bike right now just to ride around with you and hold the pace <sighs> and just see, because I really don't feel like running that fast to try and keep up with you. The tough thing right now, just because the weather has been kind of lousy and you don't want to run when it's wet and slippery. Yeah, fingers crossed it's actually cool for you. You don't want a hot day next week, though, when you're testing. 100%. I've been tr running more in the evenings where it's a little bit more chill, but you have that, e that, that issue where it's also now winter or, or leading into winter, and it's like nighttime at 5.30. Yeah, yeah. Now, my goal, remember, mine was the full eight weeks. I'm trying to chase that 500-pound deadlift, so 227 kilos, and before this, I was at 216, and the 50 unbroken strict tents and push-ups. Honestly, week three... Mine's not looking like anything exciting right now. I've just gone from, you know, some heavy doubles on deadlifts to now bringing it back to some sumos. And um, I have ramped up my, the amount of hinging I'm doing in a week. The first few weeks were just building blocks to make sure that I didn't, you know, injure myself week three. But week three, I've started adding a little bit more hinge volume. So week three to, through to about week six will be a slightly increase in volume, but I want, I'm not pulling any impressive numbers right now. I'm just practicing. I'm just trying to build, just trying to get a little bit heavier. But I've already done my sumos for this week. Also got, I'm um, going to have some speed deadlifts a little bit later on in the week. So really, hopefully I'm on track. We'll see. Yeah, you feel confident? Yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be good. And uh, and your, and your uh, handstands? I was only three off of those ones, so I'm not changing anything drastically with my training specifically around these, besides just building some more shoulder endurance, but that's not actually specifically around handstand push-ups. I'm doing a lot more with a barbell, kettlebells, dumbbells to actually help build that shoulder endurance. Right. Sounds like you're on track, though. We'll see. We'll see. Excited. Awesome, guys. That was episode nine. Thanks heaps for listening. Thanks heaps for putting up with us next week. We do plan on having a guest on here, but you'll hear more about that one next week. We're excited to have our first guest. And if you guys do have any guests that you'd like to hear about, let us know. Or sorry, hear from, let us know. We'll try to get them on and see if they like us enough. Now, we do have a course here. We do have a four-week welcome back plan, which is welcoming you back to fitness. This four-week course is literally focusing on building the habits, building the routines around getting setting you up for the rest of your life. Now, this four-week plan is exactly like what we talked about with those basic lifestyle guidelines, plus four weeks of training, okay? Four weeks of training and the basic lifestyle guidelines and our tips to actually maximizing your success throughout this time, all thrown in together. This one is on our website, which we will have the link below. This one is free at this stage, okay? We want everyone to be able to access this one completely free, to be able to actually hit the ground running after this four weeks and become better versions of you. So go check out the link. Go check out the website and sign up. Oh, 
you know, click start on this one, have some fun with it. Yeah, it's a great opportunity to, as I said before, to start building the habits and uh, this system, hopefully this course will help you build those habits and give you a bit of a holistic view on how you can do that. Yeah. Awesome, guys. Now, one more thing I'll ask of you. If you enjoy this episode or any of our other episodes, please take a screenshot of you watching this one, chuck it on Instagram, chuck it on Facebook. That helps us immensely. We want to be able to get this podcast out to a lot more people. So if you can chuck a photo of you guys up listening to it, maybe even a quick little review on that post, that will help us out more than any five-star review will on on, uh, iTunes. So thanks heaps for listening, guys. See you next week. Catch ya.